I stood in the afternoon sun, my eyes stretching up the Central Park brownstone, counting the stories out of habit. Five. Double-checking the address on my phone, I rang the bell, my toes tapping a nervous beat, my eyes tracing over the decorative B that was carved into the heavy door before me. I wasn't used to being nervous, or anxious, or desperate. And that's what I had become. Desperate. It didn't wear well. It itched along my skin like a TJ Maxx clearance sweater. I should have been in South Beach with Cammie and Benta, lying on a beach and celebrating her NYU graduation. They'd flown out yesterday and hadn't stopped Instagramming since. If I could have reached through the internet and throttled them, I would have. Instead, I gave them the ultimate passive-aggressive snub. No likes. A pathetic move on my part, but the best I could manage from my reduced social state. Anyone who'd seen a television in the last month knew about my family's downfall. The Madisons, a filthy, rich financial advisor couple who pocketed a hundred million bucks from insider trading, were front-page news. My mom had befriended all of the Fortune 500 wives, prying business tidbits from their martini-stained lips and passing them on to Dad. Daddy Dearest had used the information illegally, steering his clients and our portfolio through a hundred highly profitable deals. I'd gotten a new Range Rover for my 16th birthday. I didn't think twice about it. My parents got arrested in the midst of their Christmas party and laughed it off told me it was a minor misunderstanding. They weren't laughing now. Not since last week, when the easy wealth I'd enjoyed my whole pampered life ended faster than a Taylor Swift relationship. Our accounts were frozen, cars taken, assets seized, including my NYC apartment. Thank God they had let me keep the clothes. I might be homeless, but I was rocking it in Mark Jacobs. The biggest issue was my tuition. Half of my last semester was due, and why you being absolutely uncool about it, holding back my degree until it was paid. A month ago, I'd have swiped my Amex and not thought another moment about it. Now the huge bill seemed impossible. What good was four years of undergrad without a degree? Worthless when it came to the cutthroat job market that was NYC. So, while Cammy and Bento were toasting their futures with mojitos in the sunshine, I was alone in New York, praying that this interview would go well. I'd had three interviews so far, submitted my resume to 22 jobs, and had gotten zero callbacks. I was getting desperate. The door swung open and Nicole Brantley stood there. Nicole Brantley, sole heir to the inventor of the latex condom. Every time a foil package got pulled out of a pocket, Nicole Brantley got paid. At 16, she played a blonde bimbo on a party of five knockoff and had humped the Lifetime movie circuit ever since. My mother met her at a charity golf luncheon last year, and they'd stayed in touch. Mother promised that Nicole was a doll and would be a pleasure to work for. This all coming from a woman who hadn't worked a day in her life. Regardless, I couldn't be picky. 
I needed money, and Nicole Brantley had piles of that. Yes, she asked, her bright blue eyes skipping over me, darting from my heels to my handbag, a critical appraisal that ended in approval. Can I help you? I'm Chloe Madison. My mother said you were looking for an assistant. I have an interview scheduled for one. A pathetic opening. My mother? But, remarkably, the woman's face curved into a smile, the Madison name still having some pull in the lowly area of hired help. Thank God, she drawled, dragging me through the front doors. This week has been a disaster. Come inside and let me track down Clark. She turned on her heel, a hot blue Louboutin, and clicked a rapid path through the foyer.